Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome back to Daily Doth Differently. I'm Brad Hirschfield, and today we continue our study with Doth Lamed Aleph of Masechet Shabbat. The Gemara here continues with stories of how to deal with seemingly annoying questions and questioners moving into a series of agaditas of, of stories about Hillel, but I think also stories that continue where the previous daf left off with the kind of humility that is required, especially of those who control a situation or a system as the rabbis do, knowing that the facts and figures, the rules and the norms of the system are there to serve the living, at least as much as the living are there to serve the system. That the ideas which animate one's life are vital, but they are in the service of other people. The person in front of us must always be more important than the ideas inside of us. And we move into that with a, a story about Hillel, famous for his patience, but really also as an approach to education and life as a whole. Two men make a bet with each other, a 400 zoos bet that says, Kol mishyelech yaknit et Hillel, yitol arba meot zoos. And one, whoever can get Hillel sufficiently annoyed, he'll win a 400 zoos bet. Amar Chad Mehem, one of the people gathers, says, Ani an kitenu. I will be the one who goes and annoys him. And he goes to Hillel's house and he drags him out of the shower and a series of questions that seem to be about little things. And Hillel, you know, keeps taking them. And finally, he can't get him annoyed. So the man says to him, Amarlo, She'elot harbe yeshlishol. I have lots of questions for you, Hillel. And I'm concerned that you may become angry. Open the door, almost inviting his anger, and with it a 400 zoos prophet. And Hillel wrapped up, having been dragged out of the shower, and, and sat down before this gentleman and says, Any questions which you have, Lishol, to ask? You should ask Amarlo, he said to him, Are you Hillel? Shikorin Otchanasi Israel, that they call the, the head, the, the president of the Jewish people. Amarlo, Hillel says, Hey, yes, I am. Amarlo, the man says to him, Im atahu, lo irbu kamotcha. If you're that guy, please let there not be too many others like you. Bni. My son, Hillel says to him, why do you say that? We've had this nice conversation, right? Amar lo, the man says to him, because of you, Hillel, I have lost 400 zoos. Amar lo, Hillel says to him, you know what? You need to be very careful 
with your disposition, with the spirit that moves you. Kedei hu Hillel should abed al yado arba me'odzuz ve'arba me'odzuz. Hillel says, you know what, it's worth it in this situation that you should have lost 400 and even 400 more. Now, clearly what happens in that moment is that Hillel becomes the embodiment of patience and is praised for that. And it opens the door to more stories of Hillel and his famous patience, stories that include the, the prospective convert who came before Shammai and asked him how many Torahs the Jewish people have, and Hillel says, we have two, and he says, Gaireni al-Menachetilandeni Torah Bichtav, just convert me on the basis that I will believe in the Torah Shbichtav, the written Torah, but not the oral Torah, Ga'ar Bova and Shammai yells at him and throws him out in anger. The same prospective convert comes before Hillel, Gaire, and Hillel did convert him. The Gemara continues, Yuma Kama Amarle, Hillel was teaching before him, telling him the alphabet, teaching him the alphabet. Lemachar, the next day, apechle, he reversed the letters. That is to say, what he called aleph one day was probably taf the next day. Amar le. The perspective Kara says, but Hillel, didn't yesterday you tell me it was the other way around? Amar lo, Hillel said to him, Lav alai didi kasamacht. Do you not see that you are reply you are lying upon me? The Alpenami Smochalai. So regarding the written law, the written the oral law, the oral Torah, you should also rely upon me. A second story, because it's exactly exactly then what happened to him, but another story, and it seems to be yet another perspective convert, who says Teach me the Torah and the same story. Shani omed al regel echad, as if I am st- while well, I'm standing here on one foot. That was the question asked to Shammai. The chafo be'emat habinyan should be yado. He pushed him away with the ruler that went in his, in his hands. Balif ne Hillel, the same prospective convert, came before Hillel, the gaire, and Hillel converted him. Presumably, also he stood on one foot. Amarlo, what is this thing on one foot? This Torah on one foot, the Allah snei lechavercha lo ta'aver, lo ta'avid, zo hi kola Torah kula, the idach perushahu. What is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow human being. That is the whole Torah, and the rest is commentary. Zeal gmar. Now go and learn it. And finally, a third story, in which a convert comes and, and asks, that he be converted, bishfil shiyisimuni kohen gadol, that I will be made the high priest. And once again, Hillel accepts the prospective convert on that premise. So what's going on in each of these cases? Because Hillel accepts what even Hillel doesn't accept in terms of the halacha, and, and in fact, in each case, he his prospective convert is brought to the conclusion that Hillel is in fact the one to be trusted. That question is even made sharper 
as this set of stories comes to Nenli Yamim, sometime later, the three prospective converts happen to be in the same place. They meet up and they say, Amru, Kabdanuto Shal Shamai, Biksha Litardenu Minha Olam. That Hillel's strictness could have kept us from the world. Anvatanuto shall Hillel Kervanu Tachat Kanfehashrina. But the humility of Hillel brought us under the wings of the divine presence of the Shechina. What is it that Hillel, that Shammai was a makpid about? What was he strict about? It can't be the law because they agree about the law in these cases. Both Hillel and Shammai agree that a, a, a ger cannot be a kohen gadol, that the oral Torah is central. I think the point is here is that Hillel was makpid about the correct answer more than he was about the person in front of him. The humility of Hillel is not that he's less passionate about the rules, as much as it is that he is humble about the freedom necessary for the person to come to it and to do it in the context of a real relationship. And that without that real relationship, you can't get there. But with it, even a person who claims to object to something can actually get there that it is very much about what one freely accepts in this world and the ability to accept people as they come to you. In fact, the famous Marat that continues on this daf, which talks about the things that people will be asked when they come before the heavenly court in the, in the world to come and, and are asked the following questions when they're brought in. Nasata v'natata be'emunah. Did you conduct business faithfully. Kavata itim Torah. Did you set times for the study of Torah? Asakta b'piryat riviyah. Did you engage literally in procreation, though it seems that's probably not what it's talking about. It really, I think, is about did you make love? Sipitali Yeshua. Did you expect or hope for salvation? Pilpalta b'chokhmah. Did you go back and forth in, in the study of wisdom and havanta davar mitoch davar? Did you extract lessons one from another? I think the procreation issue is really making love because all of these, and there isn't time today, are actually questions that are engaged not in did you get the right product, but did you engage the right process? Not did you make money in business, but did you do it honestly? Did you actually make love? Not did you uh, sit in, did you see salvation come, but did you hope for salvation? Not did you become wise, but did you try? Not did you learn the right lesson, but did you try and extract one lesson from another? And even with all of those things, Marat continues, I yirat Hashem hi otsaro, if ultimately all of that was toward the storehouse of awe of God, then it will work before that heavenly court. If not, not. What do we mean by Yirat Hashem, that awe of God? May be best understood as we turn to Amud Bet and we see the statement, the Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Mishum Rabbi El Azar. Rabbi Yochanan said in the name of Rabbi El Azar, Ein lo lahakadosh baruchu ba'olamo, ele Yirat Shamayim bilvad. That God has nothing in this world, in God's world except the awe of heaven.
One possible way to explain that is that the only way to be with God in this world, or to attain the world to come, is through the fear of heaven. Another possibility, I think the better possibility here, is to really make the claim that God has nothing in this world unless it is acknowledged from this world. That this is a statement that mirrors Hillel's understanding of the converts or prospective converts who came before him, that right or wrong about what he believed, none of it would matter unless it could be brought meaningfully into the life of the one seeking it. So too with God. God may create the world, but there is nothing for God in this world unless creation has the opportunity to freely acknowledge it and be blown away by its significance. And then everything becomes possible, as it did for the prospective converts who were ultimately converted by Hillel. Of course, in a world that is so contingent upon what we freely accept or choose not to accept, the Mishnah that comes at the bottom of this daf and with which we will deal tomorrow is particularly striking. A Mishnah which begins and ends with the words, Al shalosh averot nashim metot b'sha'at le'datan. For three sins or transgressions do women die during birth. Al she'enan zihirot benida, because they were not careful with the mitzvah of nida. Bechala, with the separation of chala. Vahadlakat ner, and with the kindling of Shabbat lights. The idea that these women are dying because of Averot is itself a challenge. What it means is these specific Averot adds to that challenge. And when it is in the context of understanding that none of this ultimately matters unless we freely accept it and give meaning to it, means that it is waiting for us to try and make sense of, which we will do tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.